Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another special edition of VLGA Connect. In conversation today with Victoria's Commissioner for Aboriginal Children and Young People, Justin Mohammed. And we go way back in a sense, don't we, Justin? Hi, and great to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you, Chris, once again. Yeah, we do go back a long way. Um, days of um, being in Shepparton, um, which is under a bit of a spotlight at the moment, but yeah, very fond memories of living there. Uh, sure is. We were just talking before we recorded about, you know, the impact of, of COVID on a regional city like Shepparton and how there can be some differences uh, to the way it impacts on a metropolitan area because, you know, virtually uh, half the city's uh, in isolation because of the way the exposure sites flow through the town. Yeah, it is. It's a lot different from metropolitan and living regionally. If any, I'm sure many people are watching this um, do, but there's... Uh, you know, there's certain places that on weekends, especially that everyone goes to, especially sporting events and, uh, you know, in, into town or into shopping centres, um, et cetera. So there's a, it's a, it's a bit different. Um, and, yeah, thinking about all the people up there, because I know that they've, um, it's a very, it's a community which a lot of people float in and out of and schools, et cetera. So it's important we get it back on track and so they can, you know, hopefully get back to some normality, which um, we're all, um, wishing for very true and of course you're you're t taking a keen interest in the impact this is having on young people aboriginal young people in particular i want to come back to that in a moment but firstly for some context justin can you explain how your role sits with the broader role of the commissioner for children and young people and what it entails yeah so this role um the commissioner for aboriginal children and young people which i'm honored to be in um the second person who's um had this role um this sits with the com the Commission for Children and Young People, the uh, principal commissioner is Leanna Buchanan. And um, the state of Victoria was the first state to have a commissioner for dedicated for Aboriginal children and young people in first state in Australia. Since then, we've seen um, South Australia, New South Wales and Queensland also having similar sort of roles named differently, like deputy commissioner, etc. Um, and they've their framework, what they look after is a little bit different, but very similar and other states are following. So it's so very proud that Victoria was a lead on this. So my role, um, I work in, you know, in, in as a team um, with Liana on many of the um, fronts for, of vulnerable, for vulnerable children. Our biggest areas is child protection, you know, the, you know, the child protection area, youth justice, uh, education, and then health and um, housing, etc. flows in around that. But really looking out for, out for the most vulnerable young people. And with that, we've got a bit of a saying between the two of us, you know, if something's going to affect Aboriginal children, that will also have an effect on the broader um, community um, for, you know, if, if it's a good effect, that will have that, that will also be an impacted for, uh, impact uh, for the broader community um, as well as negative effects. So um, during COVID lockdown, we've been working very closely together, but it's really ensuring that, the rights of young people, their rights and their voices are heard and upheld and all the services and legislation and um, a range of uh, programs that are there to support children are doing the right thing by them, everything from school through to child protection, you know, when they do come in contact with law, they have rights and, mm -hmm. and we need to, you know, make sure that they are well looked after and supported during um, this time of their lives. Great to see Victoria leading the way again, and particularly in this field. So, so let's touch on that topic you just introduced, uh, particularly around the youth justice system. You've released a report not too long ago now. I think you're still waiting to see what sort of response 
comes from the government to that. But can can you just encapsulate what that's calling for? Yeah, so the, we do we call our own inquiry. So the commission has powers, and when we call um, an inquiry, we get access to information that many other probably places and reports don't get access to. Um, and this is um, the inquiry was called to address the overrepresentation of Aboriginal children and young people in the youth justice system for Victoria. And this is not only a Victorian um, issue, but it's right across you know, Australia. We saw the Dondale um, report on um, reports in the Royal Commission that went into there, the deaths and custody the Royal Commission, which um, included young people. So this has been going on for many, many years. So um, the commission, our commission, we, we were, um, the government said we need to look into this. We wanted to, to review it and um, do this inquiry. So we were looking at how, how do we address overrepresentation? And interesting, Chris, when you start looking at overrepresentation in any field, but in new justice, it's broader than just police, justice, the court systems. It's everything that sits with the young person before they even come in contact, like their backgrounds, with their families, mm. what trauma they've been through, the experiences that they are going through, which may have caused them to be in contact with the law, which could be homelessness, a whole range of these things which then come into this scope. And um, our report, 600 pages, is one of the biggest reports that we've had at the Commission, 75 recommendations, uh, 41 findings, um, to how to look at how we can reimagine what youth justice looks like. And um, the report, what we clearly kind of say in a nutshell for timing, is that we can't treat young people like how we treat adults because mm. young people come with a whole lot of development developmental issues that haven't quite matured into the, the rational thinking that we all kind of, um, you know, would think that people would act in the best interest. And um, they've also, many of them that are in the youth justice system have had very traumatic upbringings and um, experiences which never been, that have never been addressed in their physical, emotional and their connection to their, um, yeah, their culture. So um, this report looks at how we can do better in those places and for a lot of this responsibility not to be left to the justice system but to be resourced and supported for local communities to be able to um, be that parent, um, be that support for the young people, their young people, which they, where they're residing and which they'll probably live in future years. Justin, how many of those recommendations specifically go to issues that are, I guess, more directly uh, related to the way Aboriginal young people uh, experience that system? Yeah, so the, we've had a strong focus around Aboriginal culture, a uh, strong focus around connection to family, um, to country, which is their, their community and land, um, ensuring that was a centrepiece of the young person, not an add-on later on after they've come in contact with the justice system. Mm. And um, ensuring that we can, um, that focus is probably the predominantly biggest focus that changes um, the way the justice system at the moment you know, in the past years in particular, look at this, the the issue that's um, at hand, like the offence or the what the young person is doing without connecting a whole lot of these other pieces. So it's very, very important that we have done that. We've done that with young people where we spoke to many individual um, young people one-on-one -on -one and talked about their cultural links, how important that is. And um, it's amazing. Um, the stronger their culture is, the stronger those links are, is really a pathway um, and a really a platform for them to move on from this position that they're in. When that's missing, um, those things, are, you know, their, their life 
um, can be quite it'd be quite difficult to mm. for them to break that cycle. And so we're wanting to um, where where it is vastly different to just the general population is that the culture connection and them becoming stronger in themselves um, is something which this report focuses on. So it, it then links back very much to community, to family, which we, I think we all will agree with. The best, the best upbringing, the best um, support for a young person when they're going through tough times is their community, is their family, not shipping them off or to moving them to some other foreign place where they don't have any connection with. So the report, I think, was tabled in June. You're expecting a response from government at some point, and I, I know they've got a lot else to worry about at the moment, but what, what's your expectation or how do you anticipate this will be responded to? So the good thing for people who don't quite understand the process, which, I mean, that's not, a, that's not um, any sort of... Uh, I don't, the way the commission, the way commissions work, I don't think... I mean, I didn't really fully understand how commissions um, work until I um, have been in this role for a number of years. But, you know, once we've done our own inquiry and it gets tabled... Um, it gets tabled in Parliament. And because it gets tabled in Parliament, it becomes this public document afterwards. And then the, the government then have to respond to it. Now they have, so that they can't just leave it and not respond to it. So they have to respond to it in a formal sense. And mm -hmm. um, they will respond to where they think they can either endorse the recommendations in full, which that's what we're hoping for, or mm -hmm. in or pending. It could be budget issues or constraints, which may stop them rec um, endorsing it immediately. Um, or uh, they, they don't accept the recommendation, which is the, that's the part of their right as well. So we're waiting on that report to come back to us. Uh, we're hoping um, around um, early September that we should have that and then we hopefully will be able to move forward um, with um, the actions, which, which, which will be recommendations that get supported. We can move forward on those and keep advocating for the ones which um, may not be able to be supportive of the government, may not see fit, see fit. But we're looking positively at it at this stage. Good. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll wait to see what, what comes of that and we'll be very interested to see the outcomes. Justin, just quickly, you've also released some data through the Commission recently after surveying young people and how they've been in, impacted by the pandemic. And, of course, now we're sort of in phase two of it all. What sort of findings or insights have you derived from that, particularly in relation to Aboriginal young people? Yeah, I think many of the young people, um, it's, it's pretty similar, like in the sense, similar in the, in the place that um, things like mental health, you know, their own um, well-being, um, being disconnected from their, their peer groups through school and um, sporting groups and other activities has a similar sort of effect. For Aboriginal young people, um, because of the number of young people which are which are in kinship care or that are in foster care, um, and if they're in kinship care, it's usually with family members, um, usually older family members like their grandparents or aunts and uncles. So it puts a bit of extra responsibility on them that they are doing the right thing because they obviously don't want to lose sometimes mm -hmm. the only person in their family, and if they lose them through this um, pandemic then they will be, could be placed with um, non-family members. So that puts another burden of expectation for young people. Uh, the other part which you find with um, community and Aboriginal young people is able, their, their connection to programs that they were probably, or that they were finding very important to them around um, culture, around learning language again, revitalisation of Aboriginal language, um, connection going to camps and things that are important to their family groups, attending funerals and um, gatherings. Obviously, those things have all been restricted now. 
So for young people that are very, in a sense, vulnerable um, for many reasons, then you take further things away from them. It build, builds, um, height, I mean, that heightens the things that they're already, already dealing with. And, uh, and so that, that, that's some of the differences, but there is very, a lot of similarities around, um, you know, being in unsafe places, making sure that we can, um, that the systems can address that and, and, and have reached to them. Um, and did basically disconnect, and that's um, and mental health. Obviously, is increasing right across the platform, and that report just shows that young people are doing it tough as well. They may not have businesses, they may not be losing their jobs, etc., but they have other, um, you know, very um, other pressures on them, um, which is causing them, um, you know, the you know to deal with this in a very difficult um, time. Justin, I'm reminded that I've also read something recently around some requirements for cultural training to particularly take into account uh, Aboriginal culture and connection to country, etc. cetera. Are, are you aware of the, the piece that I'm talking about and are you able to shed any light on how that's going to be rolled out? Yeah, that's um, part of the, the, new, the new standards um, for Child Safe and for organisations that have children, um, mm. Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal children, um, including sporting Groups, um, tutors, a whole range listed. I think there's there's tens there's tens of thousands. I think like sixty thousand different organisations. This scope mm-hmm. and there was there was ten principles um, or standards, I should say. There was ten standards which were accepted by the government, the federal government, which was to be right across Australia. Um, here in Victoria, we've incre- we've created and developed and state government approved eleven of the eleventh standard, which is the first standard on the list. And that's around having um, um, your your place um, and what you do is culturally safe for children and their families. And uh, there's a whole number of points underneath there, but things around racism, things around having ensuring that the place is you know is welcoming. Um, young people can see a reflection of who they are, um, and that staff and um, administrators, boards, administration boards members, members, et cetera, volunteers have got an understanding and there's a responsibility for those organisations to build that their cultural safety mechanisms and policies how to address things when they are offensive or they've, um, or they've been breached, like we have with many other safety requirements um, in society. So that's some, mm. something which I think um, is, is a big step forward for our state and as we're moving into this, the path of treaty and um, the new commission for uh, the Iraq and Ju- Justice Commission that has been announced self-determination, which many local governments are, are now talking to and having Aboriginal flags and acknowledgements of country. This is another step into that. So Aboriginal young people and their families can feel safe, but not only if the other part to this is not only, only if you have Aboriginal participants or young people in your programs, this is, um, like everything, it's, it, it, it's, it centres the place to understand um, that Aboriginal people are, we're the first people and there's an acknowledgement of that and that's reflected through the operations, both physically and also um, in the policy side of things. So that's part of the new standards that are coming in next year. Um, you've just mentioned local government there and it would be remiss of us not to just talk about what sort of a role do you think councils can play in that, because pretty much all community groups are going to have to be aware of this, and they'll probably be looking for assistance, won't they? Yeah, well, there is. I mean, the, the commission we've got—we're um, just actually working on right now a whole lot of um, 
publications, which we can education materials, which we can send out so people can have a guide around this. Because some not everyone's going to have access to an Aboriginal person or some advisory group. So we understand that it's a pretty, it's a very big broad spread, but that shouldn't stop the learning and for people to seek out um, information. Local mm. governments have a very important role with this space. Um, I know they've been, many local governments have been working with Aboriginal advisory groups, you know, well, they might have reconciliation action plans. There's the, they're, they're in this sort of, have been in this environment for a while. Um, so, you know, the the leadership from local government for communities, we know that it's very, you know, what, what comes from local government does have an impact, especially in regional Victoria, as we just mentioned, um, it, it, they play a very unique role, an important role. And um, in this place of child safe standards, this is for keeping children safe so we don't have the horrific, you know, inquiries and, um, you know, years later, these court cases that come up, which we've all, you know, we can all remember, you know, we're, we're all familiar with with many of them. And this is about keeping what is best in the best interest and keeping our children safe. And part of this is their cultural safety. So um, local governments, I think, have got a you know, very important role to um, build on what they've already been doing. And I know many of them have uh, taken some really you know, good steps in the right direction um, of working with their local communities to continue that and to spread that message out. So it's not just a, a local government relationship with the, the Aboriginal community, but that then spreads out to all the different services and providers that are in that um, region and now under the local government catchment. Well said. Thank you, Justin. There's quite a bit happening. Congratulations to uh, to you and the Commission for the work that you are doing. And thank you for taking some time to explain that to us on VLGA Connect today. It's been really good to speak with you. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for the opportunity for um, listening. And uh, just, yeah, all the best for everyone because it's a pretty tough time. But the work that you local government does, and I think, um, you know, just builds that hope and support for um, communities is um, something that is very valued. So keep up the great work and keep connected to your local Aboriginal communities as well. Um, there, there's so much to learn and so much value to, out of that, which I'm sure our people will have their own um, experiences with, but looking forward to seeing how it all goes and um, and the things that we talked about having some really good news in the future. Indeed, thank you. Uh, really appreciate that. Justin Mohammed is the uh, Commissioner for Aboriginal Children and Young People in Victoria and has been our guest today on VLGA Connect. Mm -hmm.